This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A guy who had a pretty strong game tonight for the Bruins was Trent Frederick. Uh, he had a fight earlier on. Uh, I want to say it was the second period or maybe the end of the first. I think it was the end of the first, actually. But um, And then he went on to... Uh, Give the Bruins a one nothing lead uh, on a telegraphed um, play by Hampus Lindholm to kind of intercept. It, I, I'm curious um, of the so Frederick has five goals. Uh, I'm sorry, seven goals this year. I, I, I'm curious of his seven goals. How many of his goals came in a game at which he also had a fight in? Because I feel like he just seems to when he's when he feels it over the course of a game, he's engaged in many aspects, and he's been engaged all year. But it's I'm curious. Uh, he always seems to to be really noticeable besides a goal when he scores. Yeah, no, that, that fight was also like the most slow motion fight I've seen. It was just like, it took a while to get going and they both were like gripping each other. And then all of a sudden it was like slow motion and it looked like you're like, Oh, well I think Frederick won that fight at the end. And then you realize that mostly was just punching visor and his hands were just torn up. And I'm like, "Eh, that wasn't, Maybe, you know, exactly what he was expecting. He goes to the box and he's laughing, but yeah, he ends up coming and scoring after. Yeah, the only thing he could get to was plastic. I'd be punching in slow motion too if uh, if I was driving my fist into a plastic helmet. Yeah, he's he's skating over to the penalty box and he's like laughing and he's looking at his hand like, why did I do this? (laughs) Like, this was not really a fight. Like, I hurt myself even though I punched him more. I hurt myself more, so... um. I mean, he always is down for a fight, though. You could tell. It was, he fought uh, ball, and it was kind of a weird-looking fight. But, you know, him him getting on the scoreboard early uh, in the second period, I believe it was, it's like it's – you know, it comes at a point where, you know, DeBrusque and Zaka scored the goals for you in Ottawa in a losing effort. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's Frederick who gets you on the board in this game. And although Bergeron got the, the tipping goal later – regulation to, to give the Bruins a go-ahead lead uh, ultimately the game-winning goal it just speaks to like this is why the Bruins are so successful because it's not always David Pasternak and 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 Bergeron and Marshan and McAvoy Lindholm like you know yeah they're all doing their thing but the depth the depth the depth that the Bruins have it's 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 why they're 28 4 and 3. Yeah and and we should mention that Frederick was playing fourth line center tonight. So, you know, a little bit of a shift for him. Um, Tomas Nosek out with, yeah. Jim Montgomery said it, it's something minor. He said it was like more maintenance than anything, but they just didn't want him playing second night of a back-to-back. Um, so, you know, so far this season when a center has been out, it's really only been 
Krejci and and it's you know it's been Zach who slides over because it's more of a of a top six need. Well, now you know it's a fourth liner, and you think back to okay, out of the gates this season, you know you had Jack Stanika around as an extra center, so you wonder okay, like who who would be the one to go in that spot if you know if Nosek did miss a game? Well, it turns out it's Frederick. They're going to bump him over from wing, and I thought he played pretty well. You know, to your point, besides even just the goal. Um, he was playing with Felino and Greer, and I thought, you know, they brought some energy on their shifts and kind of stuck to the same identity that that fourth line has had, you know, pretty much all season, which is they're, they're getting into the offensive zone. They're getting in on the four check and, you know, just kind of trying to create some, some chaos in the offensive zone. By the way, it is, it's not like unnatural for him to play center because he was a center. Um, and he kind of was in the same situation. If you guys remember all the way back to when he first started, with the Bruins out of college that he was kind of in that Stanika situation where they kept trying him at center. Then they're like, well, we don't have space for you at center. So we'll throw you on the wing. And he had to adapt into the role that he plays now on the wing, but he still can play center. Um, kind of like how Zaka in New Jersey started as a center. Then he found more of a role on the wing. And now for the Bruins, he's been playing more on the wing. Um, so these are guys that Zaka and Frederick that can play center. Um, and, and have in the past. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things where they haven't needed to use Frederick's versatility in that way recently at all. Um, but when they did, you know, he came through, he, he did fine at center. Um, didn't really notice much of a, a drop off from him there. And with him there, they move Smith up to play with um, Holland Coyle on that third line. I thought Craig Smith put a, put a solid game tonight. Obviously, I mean, not like it's it's been the story of his season that hasn't really been the most fruitful for him, but he uh, you could tell he's fighting through it, battling through it. I mean, um, you get put on waivers, you get sent down to Providence, you're kind of a, a cap flexibility um, casualty, I suppose is the word to describe him right now for the Bruins. Like he's going up and down at different times to kind of make, make room when they can. And I still think he's kind of the odd man out if they can get a chance to move him at some point. Um, I know depth is always warranted, but nonetheless, we've talked about it in the past. He's a great locker room guy. He's he has a good resume in the NHL. It just I think I read somewhere. I'm, I'm not sure if it was Fluto or somebody, um, but there's a there's a sense among among the league that uh, Craig Smith just doesn't fit Montgomery's system, and like the eye test tells us that he's certainly struggling to score, but to hear that from NHL minds that say he's still an, an NHL player, but it's just the wrong fit, I think is kind of affirmation of what we've seen this year with him. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, like one thing he's always been is a volume is a volume shooter. He'll throw it on net from anywhere. And one thing Montgomery has been stressing is kind of taking the extra second or making an extra pass to, get a higher quality chance and not just throw it on net from anywhere. So like when you think about the system and there might be other areas where it's not quite clicking, but like that's one that immediately comes to mind as, you know, something that Craig Smith has done his whole career. Maybe he's now being told, you know, Hey, try to, you know, making a little extra play instead of firing, firing away. And it's like stuff like that can just, get into your head because it's like, okay, you want to adapt and you want to 
play the the new system and you want to do what you know the coach wants, you see it working for other guys. But at the same time, when your whole career, you know, you get the puck anywhere around the net and you fired on net, all of a sudden now you're getting on your stick and you're double clutching, you're thinking twice, you're looking around, and next thing you know, you're indecisive and nothing's happening. So, um, you know, I'm not like totally giving up on on Craig Smith. He's it, it's a combination of that, and then he's also I think just been snake bitten when he has gotten chances. He had a really good one right in front of the net in Ottawa and just didn't quite, you could tell he was trying to lift it over Talbot's glove and didn't quite get all of it and just sort of flooded right into Talbot's glove. Um, tonight he had a chance where he, it was either like a puck that was blocked down in front or a rebound, but he grabs it and just couldn't quite settle it right away. And I think he had, had Vanacek down for a second. By the time he was able to settle it, Vanacek was, was set and back in position and you could tell like then after he shot it it was saved he sort of like swung his stick at like nothing in particular just just in frustration because you could tell he like he felt like he had a goal on a stick again and just couldn't settle it so um yeah i'm sure there's a lot of frustration for him i i still think there's a chance he could get going but it it keeps dragging on and you know obviously hasn't happened yet yeah, it kind of makes you think because there's been a few Bruins that have been able to turn it around after having really stretches where they really struggled. Like, could it be like a Jake DeBrus kind of situation where all of a sudden, like, you know, this person has skill. Um, and however, like you said, the the system and Smith don't really go hand in hand the way that it, it works with DeBrusque. But there was a point last season where DeBrusque was struggling so much that he, you know, asked for a trade and, and everybody was kind of down on him and, and then he turned it around uh, later in the season, and, and this year he's fine. And then you look at Felino being able to turn things around. You kind of wonder, like, how much time they'll give him and whether or not, like, by the end of the year, somehow something starts clicking again. Because when he first came to Boston, there there were stretches of last season as well that were, you know, he looked good. Like, he, he didn't – you wouldn't have coming from some of the play that he had in stretches last season – um, I feel like he's, I mean, it's not like he's old and like, he's not, he, he doesn't have the ability to do it anymore. It's, it's, it's a kind of like a combination of a lot of things, including, you know, new coach, new system, but also not like just on sometimes just being unlucky. Also probably being a little down on yourself because they have Greer now and Greer has come in and he's not gotten like as many reps as he had been getting before. So a lot of it's playing into it. And he did have in the back-to-back, he did have a few good chances. And at this point in time, I, I feel like he's, he's, he's somebody that you're not like, Oh, okay. He's a liability in the lineup. Like, no, he can play. It's just whether or not like him and Greer are going to be going back and forth. If someone's going to win it over eventually. I mean, Scott mentioned that he's historically a volume shooter. Another thing he historically is, is a streaky scorer, but just to add on to everything you guys have already mentioned, I just think the biggest thing that he lacks in his game that Montgomery wants in a forward, especially in this system, is patience. Like Craig Smith doesn't really have – I've described him a lot in the past like an, like an energizer buddy. He just kind of goes, goes, goes. Like you know those, those, those teeth that just – you wind him up and they chatter. That's kind of how he plays. And I just think like he doesn't have the patience to pull up and, and survey – 
you know, who's trailing the play. And he doesn't really have, he's not the most offensively creative mind. He's just effort and release historically. And so I think when you lack that patience and that vision in a system where like Scott mentioned, Montgomery wants them to not just throw the puck at the net if nobody's there, that they, he wants them to do everything with a purpose. Um, it just hasn't been a match made in heaven. That said, like he could put a couple goals in, start feeling better about himself. And then, and then, you know, he, here you go. I mean, obviously this is a really difficult time to judge him, right? Because if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Um, so it's like everything's going against him right now. So it's kind of a, it's kind of tough to, you don't want to pile on somebody when they're, when nothing's going their way, you kind of think there's someone in the middle, but uh, nonetheless, I thought he had a good effort tonight. And, and that's, that's encouraging to see because it hasn't been easy going for him. Uh, it's going to be tough to, to like similar to Mike Riley. Like it's, it's, it's a shitty situation for these guys, but you know, they're being pros about it. Yeah. I want to bring up uh one line in particular that did not have a good night in New Jersey and, and has struggled for a couple of games now. And that's the second line. Um, Zaka Krejci Pasternak Tuesday night in New Jersey, when they were on the ice at five on five Bruins got out attempted 17 to one. They got outshot 10 to nothing. You know, I mean, like just nothing going. Like they just spent the whole game in their own zone. Couldn't get out. Couldn't, Doing couldn't get going on the rush, had no offensive zone time. And, you know, the night before in Ottawa, they weren't that bad, but they weren't great that game either. I think they, they got outshot five to one um, in Ottawa. So, you know, we, we've talked in the past about how that line at times hasn't really clicked, but then I thought before the break, there were some signs that things were starting to go in the right direction. Um, you know, so... I'm not panicking. It's it's two games. You know, we'll see how the next couple games go. But they definitely looked I think even more off than they than they have at times in the past. And and you know, we've seen we know Montgomery will change lines. We've seen him move Hall. I think he even both of these games at, at times he moved Hall up um and dropped Zaka down. And you know, I wonder if you you'll see that more or if he's going to try something else or, you know, I don't even reunite perfection line drop. Like, obviously we know Montgomery has options. He's used all of them uh, throughout this season, but yeah, that was, uh, this was a tough night for, for that line. And, you know, to the point where it's like, it's a little, it's worse than just like a bit of an off night. Like those numbers I just read, that's just like horrendous. Yeah, no, those are, those are really bad. That's actually worse than I would have guessed, even though, like you said, it was clear to see that they weren't having their best game. Those numbers were, those are just really ugly numbers. Um, And the, the worst part about that is that's the line that has your best shooter on it. So, you know, if you're, if you're being out attempted at that, pace that means that you know you don't you don't have the puck in the offensive zone on Pasternak's stick and he's not getting the chances that you want to see from him so you know that's the biggest minus to when that line is is underperforming and not spending a lot of time in the offensive zone because you want to be able to use Pasternak um, as much as you can um, and not just on the power play also five on five so I mean the an adjustment could easily be just 
to go to the perfection line for a game or, or for however long it looks like it's, it's necessary because they do have that flexibility. Um, and it, it, it will take a little bit of rotating the bottom, you know, the middle six, I guess. Um, but it's, it didn't hurt them just because they get, they get scoring from other players. And I guess, I mean, Zaka has an empty net goal, but that has nothing to do with really how things were going for them uh, for the rest of the game. Um, I kind of thought it was funny too, because someone in the pregame on TNT said they were putting money on Zaka scoring a goal. And I was like, that doesn't seem smart. Um, and then he, I'm like, wow, he, he nailed it right at the end there. It was kind of a cheap one, but uh, he got it. He scored against his old team for the first time. So uh, even though it was, Really easy empty net goal. By the way, he got tripped too. Would that have just been an awarded goal? Yeah, I believe so. He put it in anyway, but like when you get it's different than a penalty shot because you don't have a goalie in net. So it just should have been an awarded goal either way, but he actually was able to score it too. So um, I'm sure that felt good for him. And also, Taylor Hall got booed the whole game, which was kind of weird. Bazaka didn't. Fans are obviously going to boo you if you get traded, right? Because it's because that was clearly his decision. Um, I think that. Was I mean, true. we've we've been guilty of that in Boston over the years. So. It's suppose. just like the the player that had an MVP season with your team not that long ago, and you're booing him. Well, like, and he was like the key reason that they have one one postseason under the belts in like the last decade. So yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense to boo. Um, <laughs> for for as far as the second line goes, I think. Uh, you know, those struggles to me start with Krejci. It starts up the middle, uh, especially when you when you consider all of your offense starts in your own zone, right? And I just think that the responsibility lies in the centerman as a, as a third defenseman down low um, in your own zone to, to catapult that offense and that transition. And I I just feel like, look, we're we're hitting we're about to hit the new year, um, you know, two and a half, three months into the season. And look, Krejci's been good. Um, the points are there. It's so it's something like that. It's not that he's underperforming in that aspect of the game, but I would like to see him pick up his, his, uh, his speed game. And I understand that's not his style. It never has been, but I'm seeing also harder to do at an age where you're, you know, coming up against retirement. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and I, and I get all that. And so I'm not like, I'm not calling for his head. Like don't, don't misconstrue where I'm going with this, but you just gotta. He's getting pickpocketed a little too much for my for my liking in the in the neutral zone, and I just think he just needs to move the puck quicker. Like if 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 your game isn't speed, which he knows that he's known that for fifteen years, just move it a half a second quicker, half a second quicker. I just feel like sometimes, especially when he plays with passion, act that like they, they they love playing with each other and and they're they're checkmates and all that good stuff, but they get a little. They get a little sauce happy, I think, together. Like they, they like to do little the little backhand saucer passes in the neutral zone, and they like to do little alley passes up in the air, and the indirect passes that are too soft to really just. I don't know. It's just it's it's they don't play they don't pass hard enough for my liking. Like be be a little bit crisper. And I know this sounds crazy because because Krejci like one of the best passes we've seen in Boston in like decades, and Pasternak is one of the best players in the world. So it's kind of it's like it's like I'm being too critical, but it. During the stretch where they're struggling, it that's it just kind of seems like they're playing a little too soft together, and that's why for me it's like I don't think Taylor Hall on that line changes that. Like I think I think it starts with Krejci. Like who uh, am I going to sit here and say David Pasternak, one of the best forwards in the world, is the problem? Am I going to say Pavel Zaka is the problem? A guy who's kind of been 
doing his job this year? No, I, I think I think it starts at center ice. That's the most important position on the ice as a forward. And um, I don't, I didn't realize how bad they've been until Scott rounded off those numbers. Um, but yeah, I just think I think I think Krejci picking up his his game a little bit will will go a long way. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like it definitely starts with him, and you know, we know it took him a while to get back up to speed, and I think that process is probably still ongoing. Obviously, you know, when I had Taylor Hall on this podcast, he he sort of acknowledged that, and I think Krejci has too. Like he's said, you know, he knows he can still get better. He obviously wants to get better. Um, you know, but he to your a point you made, like he was still putting up points, but now you're getting, you know, a little stretch of a couple games here with, without the points and you, you notice some of those other issues more. And then especially on a night like tonight where it seems to just keep piling up in the D zone where it's one shift after another, where they can't get it out. And to, to your point, some of, you know, and it's not just him, there's four other guys on the ice that, you know, aren't doing enough to get it out. But yeah, there are times where, it's on his stick and the play dies. And, and we're just, we're not used to seeing that because usually it's, you know, throughout Craigie's career pucks on a stick. You feel really good about something good coming from that. So, um, you know, like you said, I think it's just quicker decisions and not, you know, not waiting for like the perfect passing lane to open up. Just, just take what's there. Um, trying to think of, there was another point I was going to make and I totally forget what it is so well I have one <laughs> I have one final point on Krejci just before maybe we talk a little bit about some of the defensemen and then we'll talk to talk about the winter classic a little bit here but um oh, actually last... it was it was to, to back up something Bridget said um to your point about like Pasternak not getting chances he had one five on five shot attempt against the Devils and zero shots on goal during even strength play his only shot and goal came on the power play. So yeah, exactly. Like that's not what you want. And, and I think you let them try to work through it, but if that continues, then yeah, I think you have to think about putting Plastinac back up on, on the top line. If for no other reason than to just maximize his opportunities and, you know, and it's not like the top line scoring a ton of five on five either. So um, yeah, I could definitely see, see that move happening. Not, not even because, you know, you don't think Krejci and Pasanak can work through it together, but just, um, you know, you want Pasanak getting chances. So if it's not happening on that second line, then it might have to, you know, be a line change there for, for a game or two. Yeah, and it's not something you're concerned about changing, really. So it's like there's not a lot of downside to doing it. So it's an option and they can they can do it if they need to. Um, my last thought on Krejci just – because we're having the conversation about how, you know, the second line struggles kind of start with him. Um, but like the confidence is still there with him. I think with coaching, like he got moved to the top power play unit when they've been doing the last two games, they've had stretches where they've ha- used that um, five forward power play unit. And the person that they switch onto it is Krejci, um for Lindholm. And, and he kind of handles things up at the blue line. Um, so like he's, He's struggling a little bit, but the, the confidence still has to be there to put him in that position where you, you think like, okay, well, if you're not putting a defenseman out there on the power play, you have to have forwards that can get back on defense, that can keep pucks in at the point, that can um, kind of facilitate things. And 
we know that he's a great passer, so he's they're able to utilize that aspect of his game on the power play. Um, just my final thought on Krejci um, after you know some of the other things he's been involved with this week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 